0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Got a lot to cover today. A lot of things to talk about. Unfortunately, we got to start things off with a negative story. But before I even get into that front office viewers who are not Lakers fans, let me apologize again. I know this is two days in a row of the Lakers background. I'm even wearing a Lakers shirt, but I got to record Lakers stuff directly after this. Keith, I saw somebody uh, responded to one of your tweets. I think your tweet promoting the show (laughs) showing the way they watch our show is they've got your side of the screen, but then they cover up my side with Celtics gear, and I, I just I love that. I thought that was that was Thanks, that was genius. Well done.
1: <laughs> it, it is not my mom, but yeah, my mom's not on Twitter. Thank God she'd be in everybody's. Uh, everybody is mean to me. She'd be uh, fighting all of them. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that that is one of our loyalist uh loyalist most loyalist. loyal uh, <laughs> uh one of our best going no, back to the american uh, revolution uh, there's loyal uh, <laughs> listeners and watchers so we, we appreciate that i thought that was pretty funny i uh, did too yeah it's a little, little celtic sign with a bunch of celtics bobbleheads uh blocking out your half of the show but that's you know uh she's still listening so been watching so we'll we'll take it right that's so right i'm sure sure there's some lakers fan out there is blocking me which is fine i you know i'm, I'm good
0: Pro- yeah, probably Whatever. right but but you don't have any you're not even wearing a celtic shirt or anything today nope. so so nothing offensive in in your frame and again i do have <laughs> my nba front office set up and everything i just didn't have time to switch over to it today so sorry you're gonna have to bear with it
1: for now yeah i am uh, bundled up today because it is dipped all the way into the uh 60s here in florida as a high <laughs> and that is uh that that's that's cold now i i it someone asked me today about like you know do i miss home at all in new england and i do all of the time except when i think about the weather like i would like to go visit the snow that is nice to live in it and to live in the cold yeah i don't know that i can handle it anymore i'm pretty 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 weak on that end
0: yeah it's uh that part's not so fun i know we're we're in the mid 60s here as well and uh you know i went out and got a little exercise this morning and i didn't even have to wear a sweatshirt or anything i went yeah, this this is pretty nice i'll I'll take this this will (laughs) work um yeah we do need you. speaking of where you're located, Keith, some, uh, some bad news. Brutal. Bad news regarding Jalen Suggs' broken thumb. Keith, it felt like he was just starting to really kind of get it, right? Right, start to get his yep. legs under him, start to, to make the right reads and things like that, and now he's out with a broken thumb. Um, this is going to be, I mean, not it's not like a season-ending injury, but this is not going to be like he's back next week or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Rough blow, rough timing, of course, for Jalen Suggs.
1: No, for sure. And the, the thing is, when you're a team like the Magic, this isn't going to change anything wins and losses-wise. And that's that's sure. not what it's about, though. This is about Jalen Suggs is probably going to miss. They, they haven't issued a timeline yet, but but my guess is in looking at some of the things online, because it is his right thumb on a mm-hmm. shooting hand, it's probably going to be four to six weeks, maybe as many as eight weeks. Um that's just development minutes that are missed now for Suggs. Uh, the team is also without Cole Anthony right now. Yeah. Uh, so that's their two primary ball handlers that they're down. They're also down. Michael Carter Williams hasn't played yet this year, nor has Jonathan Isaac or Markel Foltz. Uh, Fultz is starting to play. Um, uh, play competitive uh, again uh, in in uh, competitive settings with other players and things like that so looks like he's maybe getting closer but we don't have any timeline for him or Isaac uh, even each one more who is signed as just kind of a veteran stabilizer type to give the roster a little bit more shooting he's also out so their guard depth is going to be severely tested uh, in Orlando and it's it's interesting because one of the things that we talked about earlier uh, in the offseason after the rosters came together was how are the Magic going to make this work when they are all healthy? Because you have Foltz, mm-hmm. Anthony, and Suggs who are all on-ball guys, and looks like maybe that's just going to be something that takes care of itself uh, with injuries. So, yeah, re- really rough Um you know, and for Suggs, I'm glad you you said, you know, just starting to figure it out. He yeah. the game was starting to slow down for him. Uh, he was starting to really make some plays on both ends of the floor. His athleticism was starting to show up quite a bit. You you could see the the scoring was starting to come around for him. So just yeah, absolutely brutal uh, loss for for the magic. And it's just, you know, here here we kind of go uh with a bad team. They're just you know, it's it's not gonna get any better. Uh but let me just one last thing too. Um mm-hmm. Uh, on this, he they have missed the most games in the league due to injuries. And part of that's because Isaac and Carter Williams sure. and Fultz haven't played at all. But they've also played the second hardest schedule uh, in the league, which is, I mean, that's, you know. Insult, insult to injury. No I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're already not good. <laughs> so, you know, you had you, you not good, injured, and uh, second hardest schedule. yeah they're four and 18 that they maybe you should feel good that they're even have that decent of a record. Yeah, so yeah,
0: that's um. that's certainly a, a tough situation. That's that's not only are they a, a undersized or, or, you know, if they're, if they're compared to the rest of the NBA, they're going into a fight undersized, Uh, lack of experience is there too. And now you're making the fight with an arm behind their back by giving them that schedule in the early going in the injuries. So this is not an easy situation for them. Cole Anthony, again, does sound more to be, like game to game kind of thing. Maybe he'll come back from that sprained ankle soon, hopefully, because he's been a bright spot for them. But but yeah, tough going early on for the Orlando Magic, now losing Jalen Suggs to the broken thumb. Uh speaking of thumbs, we just got word that Avery Bradley will be missing in action tonight for the Los Angeles Lakers due to a thumb sprain. We don't know the severity of it or how long he will be out. Possible it's just a one-game thing. The Lakers don't play again until Friday against the Clippers. So maybe he's back for that one. We'll have to wait and see what we hear there. But that means there will be a new starting lineup for the Lakers tonight. We'll see a <laughs> again. again another <laughs> new starting lineup for the Lakers. Avery Bradley out. But you know, yesterday, Frank Vogel actually, during a media availability, which we're going to talk about us. in a minute, he actually had to defend Avery Bradley. The question was brought up by uh, Brian Kamenitsky. Uh The question was brought up uh, of the advanced stats and what that meant for Avery Bradley, what what Frank Vogel was seeing in him that had him continue to be in the starting lineup. And Vogel, you know, admitted that, Hey, the advanced stats, they don't look great, but we're taking all of that with a grain of salt. We believe his energy is infectious. We believe, um, that he, that he brings more life on the defensive end of the floor to the team, despite what the advanced stats say, which the advanced stats say they are much better with him off the floor than on. So interesting. And now, they get a chance to see what the other side looks like with Avery Bradley rolled out due to injury.
1: It's really funny because that goes all the way back to his Boston days. Yeah. Excuse me. They, there was always this sense you would ask players. And when they do those polls of players, who's the toughest on ball defender, who's this, who's that Avery Bradley would consistently rank high where was, you know, he's a guy you don't want to go against. He's going to make your life tough. There there was a period of time where he was the guy that they, they played him and Isaiah Thomas together uh, under Brad Stevens as a starting backcourt, which is a super small backcourt like that's the easily were the smallest backcourt in the league. But there was times when they basically said, all right, baby you got Steph lock him down. And they, that was, they won those games in golden state when the warriors were kind of at the peak of their powers. And Avery Bradley was a huge part of that. And this is now, now we're seeing this come back up again of like, geez, you know, all the numbers show, you know, maybe you're better off not playing him, but yet, you know, Brad Stevens trusted him, Stan Van Gundy trusted him, Doc Rivers, you know, on and on and Mm on, you know, these, these coaches were content to, to play AB and put him in the lineup and give him a good amount of minutes. I mean, now he's down to. A twenty-minute a-night guy or so yes, is, yeah. in that range. But it's it, it is very, very interesting to see that you know, here we are. Gosh, this is probably six, seven years after that initial uh, kind of conversation. We're back having the same conversation again yeah. of is a team better with Avery Bradley.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Lakers will get a look at that tonight. We'll see who they put in. Maybe my guess, and this is just that, it would be maybe Wayne Ellington jumps into this starting five, something like that. Uh, I guess they could go back to Kent Bazemore, who's been out of the rotation, if they want to keep their their bench rotation the same. But we'll see wh- where they go here. Who knows? Maybe even HBK. Austin Reeves gets a gets a look there. <laughs>
1: it, Remember, too, at the beginning of the year when we talked about the Lakers as the roster came together, yeah. we both, I think, thought Wayne Ellington yeah. would be the guy who would start because you needed someone who didn't need the ball, someone who was going to be kind of your designated shooter type in right. that grouping. So, yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes goes as well. And it's uh, – I, I, I mean, I, again, I get it. I know what the numbers say. So I, I fully understand that. But it just feels like this is kind of another blow to a defense that hasn't quite come together the way – I think we thought it might. I think we thought this team would be, if nothing else, top 10 defensively and really pretty solid on that end of the floor. And part of that is Trevor Ariza hasn't played yet. And sounds like it's going to be a while still before we see him play. Yeah, we got quite the surprise
0: yesterday. We were doing the media availability and Frank Vogel comes in, he does his thing and there were questions asked about Trevor Ariza, And then suddenly Vogel leaves and... The empty chair gets filled by Trevor Ariza. He pops in and sits down, and we hadn't seen him since media day. Uh, he hadn't talked, so it was kind of interesting. But yeah, the, the Lakers basically said, and, and Vogel said that um, he's still a ways away. But that is Vogel's favorite phrase. If you if you know the way he talks about injuries, he always says yep. a guy is a ways away. <laughs> um, but in, and sometimes
1: in, they play like two days. Yes. later. that that was the case here in Orlando, at least. He yeah. he finally
0: yeah. somebody brought up, and I don't know who it was, but somebody brought up. Uh, hey, Ariza's original injury designation had him getting reevaluated in about a week from now. So, mm-hmm. are we still on that timeline, or what? And that's when Vogel finally kind of gave a little bit and and said, "Well, yeah, we're still on that timeline. So, I am hoping to know more information kind of within the next week or so in terms of when he'll be he'll be coming back." So, still a ways away, but it sounds like a, a return is indeed getting closer for him. And interestingly enough. Vogel said he thinks Ariza is the key to unlocking a lot of things for the Lakers, uh, specifically running Anthony Davis at center because he can put Ariza on the other team's best wing and allow LeBron James mm-hmm. to not have to do that. Now, again, maybe, and that might be a little bit of wishful thinking, assuming a 36-year-old Trevor Ariza is going to fill that big of a role and make that big of a difference, but Yo. that is what Vogel is saying. So,
1: Yeah, 36 years old and year 18. And coming yeah. off an injury. Right, we get it. There there's a couple other guys on that roster and that uh, range of mm-hmm. of experience in the NBA that are doing just fine. Um but yeah, that's kind of questionable. And yeah. he didn't look necessarily uh you know great, I guess in his last uh you know run. He was okay in Miami, but there were times when I don't think he gave them exactly what they they were hoping for uh as far as being a defensive guy, but it was clear the Lakers plan was to be able to whether Ariza started or not, but to be able to play a lot of AD at the five with Ariza and LeBron at the forward mm-hmm. spots, kind of interchangeable there for those two, and then Russ and probably a shooter. What was likely the 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 plan there, and and I I still think that probably is their best grouping uh, when when you get there, whether that be Wayne Ellington or Malik Monk or. You know, maybe it is Avery Bradley. I don't know, but but I do I do think that's probably the best lineups they can go to. So we'll, we'll see because they're they're back to playing two bigs together a lot. Yeah. Starting AD at the four, and you know, and I, I don't even hate the idea of just AD starting games at the four, right? Because I I just I think playing him at the five too many minutes, you're you're just you're asking them to be worn down. It's just not not getting We already know. I mean, he's not. I mean, there. What was the stat the other day? Kirk Goldsberry had. He's the worst basically the worst shooter in the world. Yeah, I saw that. Like it's you know, and and it's watching the games, it kind of makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I think I tweeted something like this is one of those stats you're like, this can't be accurate. But then, but when you he,
0: think about it, you're like, "When you think about it, like, oh, yeah, kind of well, is. maybe this like, season he's not yeah, been good shooting the ball."
1: Yeah, a lot of long twos that aren't going in, mm-hmm. and that's you know, so you do start to wonder a little bit. But yeah, it's let, let's see where the Lakers go from from here health wise.
0: Uh, moving over from the the Lakers to the Nets, Blake Griffin, understanding that his role has been reduced, and Lamarcus Aldridge has moved into the starting five. Uh, we've talked about this before, Keith, but Blake Griffin was not super effective. For the nets at least not to the degree that he was last season so he'll have an opportunity to play his way back into minutes but for now the nets are going with uh with lamarcus aldridge
1: yeah and i think just like lamarcus aldridge wasn't complaining about coming off mm-hmm. the bench he was just talking about it was hard uh blake kind of basically said like i get it um now he did say being completely out of the rotation. He didn't expect that. He I think gets the reason to start Aldridge, especially with Joe Harris. So I think he even referenced that, but him then saying like I didn't expect to be completely out of the rotation. But yeah, I mean he's just he's there's just no other way to put it. He's been bad this year. As good as he was for the Nets last year. He now looks like a worse version of Pistons Blake Griffin at the end. So you know it's it's my guess is that you know we're as I was trying to explain to someone the other day, we're at the quarter pole of the season. There's still three quarters left of this year. It's only it's it's still November as we're recording this. Uh, last day in November. It's not like nothing is set in stone. Like he'll come back, he'll come back around and be in the rotation again at some point. If for no other reason than one of these older front core players for the Nets will go down with an injury or something like that. But yeah, as of right now, yeah, out of the rotation.
0: All right. So with Griffin out of the rotation, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge gets his opportunity there. But speaking of former star big men, Demarcus Cousins, officially a yeah. uh, Milwaukee buck. I saw he is questionable to play for the Bucks. I believe it's tonight. Uh, but, uh, yep. but sounds like he's going to be up and running pretty soon here for Milwaukee.
1: Uh, yeah. It's not, I think it's tomorrow. Oh, right. is it tomorrow? It's, okay. Yeah. I yes. Think it no, is no, tomorrow,
0: you're right. right. Yeah. There's not many
1: games yep. on tonight. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so t- tonight's big one is the uh, the Warrior Suns game. That's a, uh, you know, what a, what a matchup that should be. And I yeah. if Lakers-Kings goes uh, three overtimes again, that would be uh, a good one. Please, I, I was no, please say don't fun, put that on I, me. I don't, yeah, please I don't, don't do fun, that to me. <laughs> yeah, a game that's tips at 10 o'clock at night going three overtimes is not fun for anybody. No. But yeah, Warrior Suns tonight, that's on TNT. Ah, uh, there and then you got Nick's Nets uh, that should be kind of a, a fun one as the uh well undercard right um with this so um so yeah i i we talked about it already good flyer for the bucks doesn't really cost them anything if cousins doesn't work out they'll just wave them and move on this is kind of almost like a pseudo 10 day contract is the way to think of this. Um, it, it's too early. You can't send 10 day contracts till January. Uh, but that's kind of what this is. It's bringing him in on a non-guarantee. Let's see what he looks like. Uh, you know, kind of playing somewhat of the Brooke Lopez role for that team.
0: Um, you know, we didn't put this in our show notes, but last thing, did you see there's video going around of Nikola Jokic partying in Miami?
1: I did. (laughs) I saw that on Twitter today. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe things will be okay after all. Yeah. Yeah, I I did see that. Um, Yeah. With that, we didn't put this on the show. Let's do a positive injury update to end this segment of the show. Yes, please. Uh, On on, on Yaka Kongwu he's right. working his way back for the Hawks uh, uh, Nate McMillan says he's going to go down to the College Park Skyhawks their G League affiliate uh, playing some five-on-five practices and then they're going to try to get him into some G League games to really try to get him up to to speed on that and then other positive um, we talked Lakers earlier so we'll get into Celtics topic sounds like they're going to have the full roster available for just nice. I think the second time uh, the, this season Um, uh, tomorrow night and they've got a big stretch here they play Philly at home and then they're going out on the West Coast uh, for a West Coast swing, but I believe their next it's like 10 or 13 games against teams that are are considered to be possible playoff teams. Uh, so possible top six playoff teams, right. not just teams getting into the play in. So uh, it's going to be going to be, we're going to find out a lot about the Celtics here over the next uh, couple weeks that they won't be home back in Boston after tomorrow's game until the middle of December.
0: Well, and if you're going to use that stretch as an opportunity to truly evaluate where the team is at, you want them to be fully healthy so then you can get a absolutely, real sense yep. of where they yep. of where they are because otherwise if you've got a few players out you can go through that stretch if they struggle a little bit you could say well but injuries this at least will give you more of a, a true sense of what they have
1: yep and, and now celtics fans are like yeah right and someone's gonna get hurt against <laughs> philly and just yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is what it is
0: absolutely Absolutely. Injuries, unfortunately, a way of life, as my fantasy football team knows <laughs> all too well. RIP Christian McCaffrey. All right, everybody. Appreciate you coming Christian in. Christian McCaffrey
1: did not die. No. Just but no.
0: A... Yes. It's just in fantasy terms, he is dead for the yes. fantasy season, but there you go. he'll be back next week. Let's
1: just season. be clear. I don't I don't want anybody putting that back on <laughs> us. No, no. Of course not. Of course not. It was Trevor who said it. A few it days.
0: was a sprained ankle. I, I was thinking in fantasy football terms, this is what my friends and I all do. It's, it's RIP whoever whenever an injury happens and so oh, i don't i don't even stop to think like oh that actually means a, per- a person died no it yeah. just means they're out for the fantasy season. well
1: i do the same thing when there's like a big dunk like, oh you know, yes a, yeah yeah. Whoever. That, that yeah like like uh grant williams got one turned down on him uh by Keldon johnson and i was like r.i.p grant williams it was a good run <laughs> for you <laughs> because Keldon johnson absolutely you know put him uh as my as uh, mike tyson would say back to bolivian i'm sure his <laughs> uh his uh
0: Wikipedia page has probably already been changed to reflect (laughs) that. Welcome back, everybody. Trevor Lane. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith. You can find him at Keith Smith NBA. We're going to do a Twitter mailbags of sorts here. Keith threw the question out there on Twitter, asking if anybody had any questions they want us to discuss on the show. And we got... (laughs) A lot. So we're gonna break down some of your questions, touch upon a lot of topics here. Uh Keith, I'm glad that there's already so many questions about the NBA, the salary cap, trade possibilities, all that kind of stuff, even though we are here only what about 25% over the way into the season.
1: Yeah, no, this is great. And I mean, love, you know, our Twitter followers out there Mm. who jump in and start asking a bunch of questions. And the nice thing was they're not all Celtics and Lakers related. Right. They're there are Celtics and Lakers related questions, of course, uh, but they're not all of them. So, so I, I think we got some fun ones. So, go ahead, pick, pick one. You you pick first, and then we'll just we'll, we'll just kind of go, guys. we were doing this completely off the cuff. This yep. was not prepared or anything. So we you know we, we don't have stats and all this other stuff prepare to back it up. But yeah, we'll we'll do our best.
0: All right, let's go with this. Let let's throw something in here for a uh let's throw you a Celtics question to start. Uh we've got a question here from uh from smiley jogger Rita uh who said hi guys what if any are realistic paths that the Celtics could keep Dennis Schroeder for the entire season and re-sign him Next year, again, the, the Celtics got Schroeder on a pretty nice contract uh, yep. when he couldn't find any other options out there. The big money wasn't there. Turned down that four years, $84 million from the Lakers. And uh, and now he found himself in a tough spot in free agency where the the money just kind of dried up. So the Celtics got him on, I believe it was the mini-mid level. Uh, so what do, what do you think? Does he stay a Celtic throughout the entire year, meaning they don't use him in a trade? And then what are their options to bring him back should they decide that he's a long-term piece for them?
1: Yeah, so let me start by saying uh, Rita was the one. If you listened to uh, us earlier, (laughs) yeah, she was the one who blocks Trevor's half of the show and only only looks at me. So uh, Rita is apparently a long lost relation of mine, uh, which which I appreciate. But no, uh, great great uh, fan of ours. So yeah, the Schroeder question is is really one that a ton of people are asking uh, because there are. It's funny because some are, you know, what could we trade him for? Mm. Because I think they understand it's going to be hard to re-sign him. Uh, there's some who are, what can we trade him for? Because they don't like the way he plays, which I know you are uh, quite familiar with. Um, and then there are some who think he's great and want to re-sign him at all costs. So $5.89 million this year. You are absolutely correct. He got the taxpayer uh, mid-level exception, or as it's commonly called, the mini mid-level. Uh, but the challenge is it was a one-year deal. So the Celtics have him with no form of bird rights next year. So the max Boston can offer him without going into any other kind of exception is about 7.1 million. Mm-hmm. So here becomes your challenge with, with, with Dennis Schroeder is this year. There are some who are going to look at and say, well, we only got five point five point nine this year. Should be happy to get 7 million right. next year. Yeah, that's not exactly how it works. Uh, by the time everything kind of fallen out, for Schroeder, the Lakers had traded for Russell Westbrook. Uh, it had all it, like his market had just completely dried up. There were no point guard spots left. Uh, Boston had the only path to minutes and playing time, and more than a, you know, uh, slightly above minimum contract. So, the chances of re-signing him probably fairly slim unless it goes the same way again next uh-huh. offseason where for some reason he gets squeezed. If he plays well enough it, it, it shouldn't go that way. Somebody should be willing yeah. to throw him at least their so, full mid-level. And it's a thin
0: uh, free agent class too. Like that's going to exactly, matter.
1: Extremely thin uh, free agent class. So that is a great point by by you. I've not done free agent rankings. We will do those of course at some point later but it, it's, not, it's, it's not good. They, these are some of the other guys who he'd be kind of competing with out there. So he's clear behind someone like jalen brunson Mm -hmm. uh who you know teams you know really really like but it's guys like ricky rubio uh goran dragic uh tyus jones maybe kendrick Nunn. let's see what happens there uh uh, colin sexton on the the uh restricted market lou williams delon Wright. so it's it's point guard maybe one of the better positions i'm on the market too which doesn't help him um because it you know they're all kind of fighting but as we talked about at the time he was signed, there were just not a lot of teams looking for point guards. The same thing we've talked about with, you know, like player getting traded X, Y, and Z and all those kind of things. So um, difficult for the Celtics to keep him. Uh, Now the other option would be if he wanted to resign for that 7 million, then they'd have early bird rights on him. That opens up some different things that they could do as far as trades go and the like uh, there. But yeah, well, we'll see ultimately where this goes. Uh, Trade possibilities maybe i -hmm. guess um let's see where the celtics are come trade deadline if they're kind of still floating around as a middling team around 500 maybe do look to cash in and say you know it's really not going to get any worse to give those backup point guard minutes to peyton pritchard the rest of the way so let's do that uh but as of right now my guess is he sticks plays out the rest of the year and then uh it's kind of let's see what comes in in july
0: yeah yeah, agreed. Don't uh can't argue with any of that. Uh another question coming in from uh Anton seventy six, Sixers Menace. Would the Spurs Sixers do a DeJounte Murray Ben Simmons swap straight up today?
1: I would have well, to Well they couldn't. Um, they not right. work. Right. The, I was yeah, gonna say obviously.
0: the math doesn't work, but even t- yeah. like I, I right. feel like the Sixers are looking for well, like I like DeJounte Murray a lot, but I don't think that's exactly what the 76ers are looking for in the Ben Simmons trade market.
1: Yeah, that that's their that's your your challenge. I think if you're the Spurs, you're maybe more willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that the Spurs necessarily would jump at that. It's just it's this is where I struggle with these kind of things because you know me, I'm so hyper realistic with the cap. Mm-hmm. So I can't kind of divorce myself from from the, from the cap rules. i um, on this. but yeah, I, I would think straight up that would make some sense for both teams. Cause if you're the Spurs, you just basically slide everybody down a position and yeah. put Ben Simmons in at the four. Uh Keldon Johnson, you know, becomes your two three. You could uh put Derek White on on the ball on the point and then put uh you know like Lonnie Walker in at the two or something like that. The Spurs have a lot of guard depth, uh, you know, and that's before you even get into guys like Devin Vassell, Joshua Primo, and those kind of guys. So it's it's interesting to think about. DeJounte Mari though, let's just talk about him for a second. Having a really, really good year Yeah, uh, for, for San Antonio. Um, you know, He's now kind of, I think, fully figured out, like, I just got to get to that floater in the paint, and that thing is money. I mean, he basically beat, the, I think it was the Wizards uh, last night just by getting into the paint over and over and over again. And he's awesome defensively
0: which is probably why we're getting this question today about, yeah. about potentially uh, trading for him. But yeah. speaking of the wizards here, we've got another question coming in from at uh, Jay green, sixty two ninety three Uh said, what are the chances the wizards still tweak and add an off the bench shooting guard?
1: Yeah. I like questions like this. Cause this is kind of, you know, open-ended it mm-hmm. um, gives you a chance to look at some things. So here's the cool thing. If you're the wizards, they've got a whole bunch, bunch of salaries that they could put together to get really kind of interesting, let's say the Kings fall out of it. And they were like, all right, we're going to, we're, we're going to move buddy heel. They can get there pretty easily um, without sending just a bunch of bad money back to, to the, uh, to the Kings. And, And I promise I'm not doing this to kind of, you know, twist the knife on you or needle you, but it does kind of, it would be kind of funny if the wizards ended up with the, lakers package of guys they traded for russ and buddy and, Heald. And Buddy healed right? <laughs> that, that just occurred to me but it's i, I go to buddy healed for shooter who could be available almost instantaneously, right because yeah. right? of the situation there but th- the point i wanted to make is so you could do something like thomas bryant's 8.7 million mm-hmm. put that with maybe a guy like rui hachimura and and then you're 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 getting close to there uh, on the match, you probably going to throw in one more one, one or two more guys going back the uh, the the uh, King's way. But, yeah, I like that kind of uh, identified need for this mm-hmm. team because that's what they don't have. They're they they're, they're kind of backup guards when everybody's healthy have been uh, Aaron Holiday and Raul Neto. And Neto kind of defaults into that backup two guard role behind Bradley Beal. Now, what you got to be careful of is you, you don't want to overpay for somebody right. to just be Beal's back true backup because come playoff time, that's 10 minutes a night. And that's not, you You don't want to spend a whole bunch of trade capital to go get somebody to play 10 minutes a night. You have to get somebody who can play alongside Beal too. Um, and it, so, that's where maybe someone like Heald's not necessarily perfect. Cause I don't know how, I don't know in the playoffs, how much mileage you could get out of Bradley Beal and buddy Heald playing together.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. If you it, come playoff time and I mean, amazing that here we are talking about the wizards as like a definite playoff team, but that's what, know, they, crazy, what they've been crazy. so far, but come yep. playoff time. You're right. If Bradley Beal is playing 36 to 40 minutes a night and you've got a guy who's only his backup, do you really want to give up what you need to in order to get somebody who's going to play maybe eight minutes? Probably not. So you need to have somebody with a little bit more versatility uh, than that. But I I do think it would be a good target for the Wizards in terms of just just positionally something to add to this team in order to kind of give them that little bit of extra boost. I do think a backup shooting guard would be the way to go. Buddy Heald is an intriguing option. I'm sure as we get closer to the trade deadline, some more will become apparent as teams kind of uh, things sort of settle in terms of the the standings and we start to figure out who's actually sellers and who's buyers in the trade market.
1: Yeah, I could see them being a like a player if they wanted to give up a pick yeah. um, in a deal for a guy like maybe Terrence Ross for sure. the Magic. Yep. I think that's a guy, again, easy to get there salary matching-wise. For a guy like Terrence Ross, the, the, the assumption is that Ross will eventually get moved um, as a veteran there. I, Gary Harris, probably a little too expensive. And then you're talking about how much you given up for Gary Harris, but, but Ross Ross is also a guy too. You could then resign um, down, down the line and, and make it work that way. So uh, yeah, uh, good question though. Uh,
0: I've got at second pressman said, will the Lakers make a coaching change? So the Lakers, I mean, the the drumbeat has been growing louder for Frank Vogel to to move on. But that's what happens when a team is not having the success that they were expected to have that you start to hear calls for the coach to get changed out because that's frankly, that's probably the easiest thing to do is to change out the coach before you start trading away players and things of things of that nature. And you can also argue that the Lakers don't have many trade chips. So the trade possibilities for them, probably aren't as strong as they are for some other teams. So if you're going to change anything, it might be your only thing that you can really change on this roster as the head coach. I think it does depend on what they do over the next, say, 10, 15 games. I think it would have gotten interesting. We don't have a sense of exactly what the front office is thinking, but if the Lakers dropped their last game to the Pistons after falling in triple overtime to the Kings, you can only imagine how loud those cries for Vogel to be out would be at this point. But I think it's going to depend on how things go over the next few weeks, particularly once the team gets healthy. He's talked a lot about Trevor Ariza being a big key to playing the way that he wants to play. And so I'd have to imagine if I'm, this is me guessing, but if I'm the Lakers front office, I'm probably waiting to see what that looks like and then going from there.
1: Yeah, I think that's the kind of key point. I guess the next place I'd be looking is that Christmas game with the Nets. Sure. Let's say they come out of that and they are still 500 or worse. Then I think that just tends to be a point where it's like, all right, we got to do something before this season just gets away from us. And they end at that point. It is to ask, to kind of answer. Another question we got is like, will the Lakers make a big trade with what? There's just not, there's nothing to make a big trade with. Um, Right. You know, it just, and I'm not being, you know, snippy Celtics fan here there just isn't there they they used the, all of that to go get Russell Westbrook the it, best you've
0: business. got in terms of salary matching is combining Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn and Kendrick Nunn hasn't played this season we're 21 yep. games in and he hasn't played 22 games in now and he hasn't played yep. he's still a ways away dealing with this bone bruise so there's not there's salary there but a little bit and not yeah. a ton of value really to offer up so the chances of them making a big trade are slim
1: no, and, and and we got a question about will they trade Westbrook? The answer is nope. no, that's not going to nope. happen. That's also completely admitting failure and mm-hmm. saying, like, we we blew that. Now, you can go into the offseason and say, hey, we gave it a year. We realized it didn't fit. But to do that in, by, by the deadline, that's not going to nope. happen. So, so, yeah, so why I say Christmas is it kind of is almost like an artificial – uh, milestone I guess for teams okay. a little bit of all right let's look at where where we are they can kind of approach it as all right we're you know Frank Vogel is gone we bump up you know whether it be David fisdale Phil handy whoever it is to to the lead seat they're going to be the guy who takes over and now we're gonna do X y and z moving forward and that's how we're gonna gonna finish this season strong that's why I think yeah if they're 500 or worse kind of come that that point I it's definitely possible now there's a lot of winnable games in there. Yeah. They have a stretch where they're at Memphis without John Morant, uh, likely still at that point, at Oklahoma City versus Orlando. Those That's three. You should go 3-0 right. at stretch if you're Lakers. Then at Dallas, at Minnesota, at Chicago, it's kind of a tough road trip, right? Minnesota's playing better. Chicago's pretty good. Then versus Phoenix, then versus San Antonio. Phoenix, clearly one of the best teams in the NBA. And then San Antonio – It just seems like Lakers and Spurs, it's always a battle um, no matter what. And then you have the Nets on Christmas. So, yeah, it's possible they're still kind of floating around that 500 range. And as you said, you you can't trade everybody and you can't change all the players. So the easy decision kind of becomes at that point of, you know, whether it's the right decision or not, ultimately becomes someone's going to be held accountable. It's probably going to be the coach. Right. And, and that, that would be my guess. Cause yeah, I just, I don't see anything big coming. And I don't know too. I wouldn't be looking at the buyout market as like, here we go, where we're, we're going to get all this help there. I just don't, don't know what's going to be there.
0: Yeah, we have no idea who's getting bought out. I know people bring up Kevin Love a lot, but who knows what that situation is going to look at look like. Or Actually, if he's not as really... long as
1: they keep playing well, too. I mean, yeah. He seems happy there. They're happy. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that either.
0: So we'll see if Frank Vogel gets a lump of coal in his stocking or not <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, I've got a question coming in here about the Mavs. Uh, Luke Byrne from YouTube or from from YouTube from Twitter <laughs> said uh, Dallas is getting killed in the paint night to night. What yeah. center could they re- realistically trade for or move on from players like Powell, Willie Colleystein Stein, etc. For?
1: Yeah. Now this is where I'm glad he added that second part in there because. This is where it can get a little bit interesting because you could do Coley Stein and Powell. That's about fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Powell has one more year left at eleven million dollars, but that's not horrible. That's you know enough where you can can make that that work in a trade. Um, and that's before you get into any kind of your more core rotation guys. So then it becomes all right. So that's fifteen million dollars. Who's a fifteen million dollar center that you can go get, um, or just somebody you can help. Mm-hmm. I think the number one target that teams looking for center help that's going to be out there, looking at is Robin Lopez yeah. on the Magic because he doesn't play on any sort of regular basis because they've really kind of settled into Bomba, Carter together. Eventually, Jonathan Isaac's going to come back, which means one of Bomba and Carter is going to go to the bench. So you're going to end up with that's going to kind of be your three big rotation at that point is going to be those three guys. Cause by then uh, Mo Wagner will be out of the rotation and and all those things. So it's just not a lot of room for Lopez. He's only making 5 million. So very easily tradable salary and it's 5 million for just this season. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they could go get him pretty easy. I mean, that's Kali Stein and a second rounder probably get you, you Robin Lopez. um, If you wanted to go that, that route uh, there kind of looking at, Bad teams, uh, it, there's, there's just not that many bad teams. Yes, if they really wanted to spend money, you would get Derek Favors. Uh, that's a guy who, who could sure. come in. Um, uh, Kelly Olenek is going to be a guy who's going to be interesting. The problem is he's hurt. Now, if they wanted to go big, they could try to do something for Miles Turner. If you wanted to go go that direction, go a little bit heavier, go – uh you know, there there's your, your salary matches, Powell and uh and Cauley Stein. And, and then you're, there, you're probably having him. to give up a pick.
0: Yeah, you to, to go get
1: them. But yeah, and then you know, maybe, maybe that's the way you go as you go that direction. <laughs> the the length
0: of a of a Turner Porzingis front line is is a little bit ridiculous. But uh <laughs> the
1: sad part is they're they're tall and long, but yeah. that'd be one of the worst rebounding yes. big man pairs in the league, because neither one of them can rebound for crap considering how big they are.
0: Well, and that's what kind of the question was. They're getting killed uh, in the – well, they're getting killed in the paint. I'm assuming he's talking about on the boards as well. But just in terms of rim protection, though, I mean, Miles Turner's leading the NBA in shot blocking, which, I mean, shot blocks is not always a direct translation to rim protection. um, But it it, obviously it does matter. So maybe that's a target
1: there, but I I'm not the biggest Miles Turner fan in the world. I just never really have been because I think in – I think he's better in theory than what he's been in actuality. There's a sense of this rim protecting shooting Mm -hmm. uh, five and his shooting's always just kind of been okay. It's never really been all that good. Um, But Miles Turner is a good shot blocker and he's not somebody remember a few years back when it was like some Whiteside's averaging, Mm. you know, three something blocks per game. But it was like, yeah, because he's chasing blocks. He's trying to get block every shot and he's leaving the backside wide open and teams were just burning him repeatedly um, once they realized like, oh, he's going to bite on everything because he just wants to block shots. Here's another name I'll throw out there because Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, had this today. Um and it's something I've heard. <laughs> this is, is where Christian I was Wood. going next. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, Christian Wood's gonna be probably yep. Lopez is your bargain basement big man that yeah. everybody can acquire because he only makes five million. Wood only makes 13.6 million. He's really good at me. He's Keep playing out of his mind right now. Um, so he's gonna be somebody that every team, if the Rockets do decide to trade him. It's a weird spot though for the Rockets because he's still young enough to be a part of like whatever's next to be a right. big part of whatever next good team they have is. But as a couple of people pointed out to me on Twitter today is, do you really want to be the team that's going to give him 20 million in a couple of seasons when he's, you know, now in his late twenties and moving on like, and all that stuff. I don't have a problem with that because, you know, good big still get paid in the league. It's just, you know, kind of how it works. Um, and sometimes it, I'll even say more often than not, I do think it ends up kind of okay. But yeah, he's going to be a guy that everybody's going to be be pushing for. And you know, if you wanted to go, kind of split the difference between Wood and Lopez salary-wise, Daniel Tice. That was my next one. who teams we'll look at too because he's about 8.3 million.
0: So you, you hit uh, both guys that I was going to go to next. I was, I had this whole thing planned out where I'm going to say the Mavs need to drive <laughs> a few hours south and they need to go talk about Christian Wood. And if not, they need to go to Daniel Tice. So I'm glad <laughs> that we're on the same wavelength with, uh, with As all per of usual. that. <laughs> so. All right, let's. Uh, this is an interesting one. Th- this question here, um, big brawler. From uh, from Twitter, obviously said uh, teams pose to make the biggest trade by the deadline. Which teams make a run at certain players? Um, I mean, what? So when we look at this, we typically are looking for teams that are like on the cusp of being either a playoff team or a true contender, and would feel like they need just a little boost to yep. get to that next level. So I'm looking at this, trying to think about who. I'm pulling we up could be, the standings. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm doing too. Help. I mean, the, like yeah. the Wizards, who we brought up before, probably wouldn't be a bad name to throw in. They're currently sitting in the yeah. four seed in the Eastern Conference, I think. Um, Dallas,
1: who somebody just asked about.
0: Yes, Dallas Great. as well. Uh, I do wonder, you know, I mean, the Clippers are, are sitting in the five seed right now. They're waiting for a return by... Um, by Kawhi Leonard, if he does come back this season, what about what about the Wolves? Currently sitting in the sixth seed, yeah. you'd have to imagine there's some incentive for them to finally make the playoffs. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. You especially know, especially
1: with new ownership group, right? They want to be for sure a good team.
0: Yeah. So what about what about them to potentially make a big move? And then what do they what do they have to trade if they are going to make that move?
1: Yeah. So. I don't think you see them do something that involves Russell or towns. Right. Clearly Anthony Edwards is not going to be traded. So that leaves you kind of looking at, right, do they have a couple of contracts you can stack? Oh boy, do they, uh, you got Malik Beasley at about 14.5 million. You got Patrick Beverly at 14.3. You got Torian Prince at 13 million. Even if you want a little lower into the roster, uh, just to kind of start adding things up, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, four million; Jake Layman, three point nine million. So they can get there. They can put themselves in the conversation for anybody as far as matching salary, because you don't have to touch Russell or Towns in their thirty million dollar contracts. You could still have those two guys as just kind of your backbone, along with Edwards, of course, and you can still get there, matching salary wise. Their challenge is, it becomes the age old question: is who are you going to get that's going to lift you beyond being just a one time playoff team? Right. Cause if you're only going to get to the playoffs once, is it worth trading away a bunch of guys and picks or whatever? Um, I continue to believe that's the best fit for Ben Simmons. Have, yeah. I'm probably not going to move off that at any point at any time uh, there. I do wonder if maybe does Philly look at it at some point and say, all right, you know what picks Torian Prince and Malik Beasley, not the worst package in the world we could mm-hmm. get. Let's 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 go. Let's do this. Let's let's just kind of flush out our depth a little bit. There, that kind of answers a question from the Philly side, right? Philly's going to be the team uh, that will sit here because they they have the piece to go make a big move uh, in a Simmons trade. But as you look at this standings, what does Cleveland do? Does Cleveland say, you know what, we're really close. Let's try to go get somebody else. True, and, and they really really make a run at at being a playoff team again, again same question i would ask is is this going to make you a multi-year playoff team or you're going to be a one-time playoff team that's where where it gets uh you know kind of concerning on that end um let, let me flip it though yeah does a team like denver if they continue they to sell? struggle <clears throat> yeah do they sell a couple players like do they look and say all right you know what not exactly where we want to be do we look to move you know someone like will barton um do we look to you know, maybe it's really. I guess they're not a great example because you're not going to trade Gordon Porter, Jokic, or Mari. So, right. but you know, Monte Morris, you know, could could we get something where he could really help a team? Uh, their veteran, you know, uh, bench what should have been bench banks uh Jamichael green and Jeff green, you know, just is that something they look to do um there? But yeah, it's, it, it's more right now instead of like actual targets for teams. Cause that part's hard to know because mm-hmm. we're still, I mean, gosh, we're still over two months from the trade deadline. Our, it's more, what teams could you see?
0: Our suggestion or our topic from yesterday, where we talked a little bit about the nuggets and whether or not they would tank was not well received. By, no. by Nuggets fans uh, yep. at all, which, again, no no surprise or anything. But the argument, the flip side to, well, okay, everybody's hurt. You know, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, right? They've got all these injuries that they've been dealing with. Maybe this becomes their San Antonio Spurs year that they got oh, Tim Right, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But uh, the flip side is, of course, they have Nikola Jokic. And so that's the the yeah. challenge. Like, do you sell pieces when you've got the reigning MVP on your team. And I know he's been dealing with injuries as well. Yep. So it would, it well, they're not going to do that right now. It's, it depends on what happens over the next month. Probably we'll see what happens with them injury wise. But then, you know, if you look at some other teams, there are some sellers out there like New Orleans is probably sure. going to have to be a seller unless, unless wow. Zion really sparks them. Uh, Houston yeah. will be, that's it. And yep. that's, you know, you've got some teams out there that'll be willing to, to sell guys. The question is, what's the price? You mentioned Terrence Ross earlier for the Orlando Magic. Yep. He could easily get moved. There'll be guys out there. But the question sure. is, which teams are going to be convinced that, hey, this is the guy that's going to really put us over the top and maybe not even this season, but for the future.
1: Yeah, because that's that. The, not to beat this dead horse anymore, but unless you're really saying this is a guy that puts us over the top to – try and win a title that's that those are questions golden state phoenix utah brooklyn need to be asking themselves miami um the rest of the teams are is this really going to help us get to to the playoffs for sure um the plan changes this so much too because if you're sacramento is just getting into the play-in enough for this year you know do do is that is that okay if you're if you're denver to kind of go back to that or you're portland Is it time to say, being in the playing, that's nothing for us? So let's move on from stuff. Denver's not going to do a full scale sell off that we just went through it. There just isn't the guys. Portland could, though. Um, You know, if Neil O'Shea got fired, maybe Portland comes back and says, uh, New GM says, All right, man. Yeah. I've been sitting here playing with the trade machine, brother. I'm ready to go (laughs) off. We go nuts with, you know, uh, breaking up this team that everybody has, you know, fake broken up 4,000 times on every corner of the internet. Um, You know? So yeah, maybe, maybe that's the direction there. If you're the Clippers and let's say you're the Clippers and you kind of internally know, we're going to get Kawhi back. He's going to play. Do you try and go get somebody and add a piece um, you know in, in the year so yeah that's now again all that stuff's it, it's a little early for those conversations uh here trade market kind of unofficially will open in about two weeks right. uh, December 15th when players who were signed over the, the summer can be traded but yeah uh one other team I'm going to throw out just because we know they want to get into the playoffs yeah um and they need to add uh the Charlotte Hornets they need to add yes. big man help and they need to add any form of interior defense because their their defense overall stinks but their interior defense is absolutely awful it is probably the worst that there is in the league um it is really really bad
0: and you know plus minus is not a perfect stat or anything like that point differential is not a perfect stat but the charlotte hornets right now sitting in the sixth seed, but it is pretty noticeable that they are a minus 0.5 which is not terrible but a minus 0.5 and the five teams below them are all in the positive right now in terms of point differential. So yep. that that would suggest that maybe they're playing a little bit above their head or they're at least they're slotted a little bit above their head in terms of the table right now. So it's something where you could see them drop and that might give them a little out of an out of incentive to go ahead and make a move.
1: And start to look at it too as far as that starts to speak a little bit to luck. Yes. Um, you know, you've definitely had some like, and then look at the Indiana Pacers. They're nine and fourteen, but are plus one point three in point differential. And they're, you know, sitting in what is that, uh 13th right. in the east. You know, they're they're three full games out of just making it to the play in. Um, so yeah, so yeah. that's that that's where it does kind of start to sit and look at and say, all right, you know, where where are we really at as we start to to evaluate our teams here. But yeah, it's um Little, little early. Well, one thing, I, just because I know we're both looking at the standings page, oh, here come the Bucs. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> yeah, quietly, yeah.
0: because the Suns are on a 16-game win streak. The, <laughs> yeah, the Bucs exactly. are quietly on a seven-game win streak. And, the Bucks are only a game uh, and a half
1: behind the Nets for the top seed now. Yeah. So. Uh, here they I go. will also say on behalf of Eastern Conference basketball fans, when are we gonna fix this? Western Conference teams with five hundred or losing records being playoff teams, while these poor <laughs> East teams with winning records have to fight. This is the first time say, in like thirty years. <laughs> hey, if it needed fixed that way, it needs fixed the other way too. Oh my! No, hey, I had to say it now because. Oh it, yeah, you, you got
0: to get your shots in when you, when you have the uh, yeah, the opportunity.
1: It. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we thank everybody for the questions. We wish yes. you could have got to more. But uh, I've got a to run off to a middle school soccer game. Trevor's got Lakers stuff to do. So uh, we'll do this again, though. We'll, we'll try to do this somewhat regularly. Um, or or, or we're, we've talked about doing a live YouTube show mm-hmm. where you guys can just come in and ask questions there as well. Those are a little harder to time because, uh, well, maybe maybe we should do them in the middle of the workday. I know when I worked an office job, I didn't mind uh, having yeah, some nice little distraction. Yeah yeah if i was running out the clock on the day but yeah thanks to everybody who threw, threw questions in there we'll uh we'll we'll get to more of those uh, next time around when we do this
0: absolutely we did get a question here from Rob Fritz saying which slow start by a player or team is the most concerning we're going to do a whole show on that pretty soon yes. here i'm um, knocking yep. out our, our most surprising in a good way and most surprising in a bad way our most concerning team as well so that's going to be coming up yep. don't worry about that we will get to that question yeah we
1: didn't skip you on purpose rob nope. we, we will answer your question you're just your question's going to – A full show. That's right. Think of it that way. Extra special. All right, everybody. Thank you so
0: much. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time. See ya. And stay.